0: The following sermon is from Dr. Dan Kitnoya, pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Tilton, Illinois. If you've never reached out to Calvary before, we'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, Calvarytilton.com. That's Calvarytilton.com. And now here's Dr. Dan. If you have your copy of the scriptures, join me if you would in Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1. Well, by now you are likely in the midst of the hustle and bustle with Christmas cards and cookies all over the place and lots of music. Christmas, if it's nothing else, it has lots of music. And it ranges from the silly to the spiritual, from grandma got run over by a reindeer all the way to silent night. And I'm not against the fun stuff. Uh, Maybe it's because I'm getting older, I don't know, but I sort of fear that in large measure we're losing the meaning of Christmas. Because the truth of the matter is this, if Christ Jesus has not come in the flesh, then Christmas is simply sound and fury signifying nothing. But as it is, he has come. I watched a Christmas cartoon yesterday with my kids and I enjoyed it. I didn't expect a lot of deep messages, but it thought occurred to me. I can only think of one Christmas cartoon that explicitly references the biblical birth of Jesus Christ. And that came out 55 years ago or better, and that was the Charlie Brown Christmas special. But what we see is this. The birth of Christ has come, and you and I as Christians cannot look to the unsaved world to proclaim the birth of Jesus Christ. I didn't really expect Curious George's Christmas story to really talk about Jesus, and it it didn't disappoint. It was about George wanting to buy a Christmas present and being excited that Christmas was coming. That's what you would expect. But as Christians, we need to look at the church as the place that emphasizes the birth of Christ Jesus. So then who then is this child the ones for whom the the wise men came from the east to worship this child. The one that the angels spoke of to the shepherds, saying, go go into the city of David because the Savior has come. Who is this child? And for that matter, why did King Herod view him as such a threat that he tried to kill him? And in fact, realizing that he had been tricked, he killed all the two-year-old boys in the area, all the boys two years old and under, in the area because he viewed this King Jesus as such a threat. So who then is this little Lord Jesus? And why does it matter so much that a king would want to kill him? My goal this morning is that we would understand who the Christmas child really is and why it matters and then choose to surrender to him. In our passage this morning, Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 through 20 We are told just who Jesus is. Please join me, if you would, in honor of the reading of God's Word. Please stand, if you would, in honor of the reading of God's Word. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers, of his cross. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you and praise you for the Christmas season and all the fun that we enjoy. But we thank you more than anything for the sending the Lord Jesus into our world because he is the inspiration of all of it. He is the reason for the season. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. may be seated. Well, next Sunday is Christmas. And if you're a person that's on social media, you might have seen that this is controversial whether churches should have church on Jesus' birth, whether we should celebrate Christmas or go to church as though they were mutually exclusive. The thought occurred to me as I considered the debate that. About 10-15 years ago, we started to get upset because the world no longer wanted to call Christmas, Christmas. We wanted to call it holiday and use generic terminology so we wouldn't offend people who don't know Jesus. And this offended Christians, but here we are today, we're not sure whether we should go to church on Christmas Sunday. How has this happened? I think in large measure it's because we've forgotten the true reason for Christmas, And that is that Jesus Christ came into the world. Our passage, however, reminds us just who Jesus is. Here's what's going on so you understand why the passage is written in the first place. Context. False teachers were threatening the spiritual life of the church in Colossae by teaching the false doctrine that there are other gods in the universe that you must please. Other authorities besides Christ that you must submit to as Lord. And while many people in the church today are... Disinterested in learning doctrine, it must be understood that false doctrine leads to false practice, and good doctrine, by contrast, leads to good practice. We're in a series I'm entitling Christology for Christmas, and so Pastor Rob was going to preach a kind of a deeper passage that you might not associate with Christmas, but it most certainly is in our passage this morning, is not one that you normally would associate with Christmas. But ultimately, Christmas is about Christ, and we're trying to develop a correct doctrine of who Christ is. So false doctrine, particularly false doctrines about Christ Jesus, was and is a great threat to the Lord's church. And so we see in our passage one of the greatest doctrines of all, that Jesus Christ alone is Lord. There is no other Lord over creation and eternity besides Jesus Christ. And because this is so, there is no one else to whom we can or should go to that we might be reconciled to God. Peace on earth between God and man only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. This is why Christmas gives us reason for hope. At Christmas we rejoice because the little Lord Jesus is far more than just a baby born into an impoverished situation than lying in a manger. We have hope because Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners like us. Who then is this little Lord Jesus? In Colossians 1, verse 15 to 20, we see that Jesus Christ is the Lord of all creation and the Lord of reconciliation. The Lord of all creation and the Lord of reconciliation. Look at verse 15. Jesus is the Lord. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Firstborn, raised from the dead. He existed before he came into the world. He is Lord. That means he is in control. He is the image of the invisible God. To see Jesus is to see God something which was impossible for us to do, because sin entered the world all those years ago, separating us from God. It is into this broken world that Jesus Christ came, took on human form, lived among us, and died on the cross to redeem us, and then rose again. It has been said that Christmas is all about the cross. Well, this event in which Christ took on human flesh is called the Incarnation. It is an historical event that gives us hope Because it means that God has not abandoned us to our fate as sinners without God or hope in the world. It means that God has come to dwell among us even though he is repulsed by our sin because sinners are toxic people. It means that what Jesus said is true. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it but to save the world through him John 3:16 and 17. And so at Christmas time we sing long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Jesus came to redeem sinners, to buy us back from slavery to sin and reconcile us back to the God that we have offended. To see Jesus is to see God the Father. There is no other way to get to heaven except through Him. If you want to know what God is like, then turn to the Scriptures and familiarize yourself with Jesus. Hear his words and watch his actions and surrender to him as your Lord and Savior. To know Jesus is to know God. To know him is to be reconciled to God. And there is no other name given among men by which we might be saved. He alone is the Savior. And Jesus is al- alone is the image of the invisible God. Not Buddha or Muhammad. Not Krishna or Charles Darwin. Jesus alone Is the image of the invisible God. There is salvation in no other name, and there is no one else to turn to besides Jesus if we hope to know God. The hope of Christmas is that Christ Jesus came to live among us in spite of us. He did this that he might lay down his life as a ransom for many and then rise again the third day. Accomplished facts of history second thing I want us to see is that not only is Jesus Lord, Jesus is the Lord of creation. Look at verse 16 and 17. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or authorities, all things, there's that word, it's repeated eight times, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Everything that exists in this universe, whether they be spiritual things or physical things, earthly or heavenly, all of it exists because Jesus took the initiative to create them and he did so by the power of his might. Indeed, he, the little Lord Jesus, is the one who spoke life into existence where only death and chaos could be found. Jesus existed long before Bethlehem and he is the creator of the universe for which he would die and, and pay, to pay for our sin and undo the curse far as the curse is found for, and rise again to reign in power forever. Jesus existed long before Bethlehem and long before Father Abraham was born. Abraham, whom God called out of his homeland Ur of the Chaldeans. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I tell you, Before Abraham was born, I am. John 8, 58. At this they picked up stones to stone him because he made claims about himself that could only be made about God, that he was eternal. They considered his statements blasphemy. Most today in our country would not be worried that Jesus claimed to be God, but some today consider it blasphemy that Jesus says that he alone is the Lord. And that salvation can be found in no other name. And yet he proclaimed it to be so. And today I repeat those words to you. There is salvation in no other name. And I ask you a question Will you submit to him as Lord? Or in your heart are you picking up stones for this claim that he alone is the sovereign Lord to whom all of creation must submit or face his wrath and judgment? This is the little Lord Jesus. This is. The little Lord Jesus. He is also the creator. The one to whom all of creation will give an answer for how it conducted itself before him. And so will you. And so will I. In verse 16, we see the words thrones or dominions or authorities. This includes both spiritual authorities like angels, as well as earthly authorities like governors and presidents and parents. All these institutions were created by Jesus, for Jesus. He created everything for His glory. And He came into the world that He created to redeem it. Sin is when we, His creation, live our lives in ways that fail to give God glory. When we do things that He has commanded us not to do, put it down in that moment, whether Christian or not, we are rejecting his lordship in some area of our lives. When governors pass laws that go against the will of God, they are rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ, denying him the glory that he is due in, favoring, in favor of pleasing the will of sinful man. When mankind honors what God calls dishonorable, they are rejecting Jesus as Lord and they stand condemned for it. The little Lord Jesus came as an olive branch from heaven, an offer of peace, but a day will come when he will return to this earth to wage a lopsided war on the wicked and judge sinful men and women who reject the Lord Jesus. Didn't expect you'd hear that at Christmas. But I think we might have forgotten just who the little Lord Jesus truly is. All things were created by him and for him. This is the foundational truth of all of human history, recorded and unrecorded. All things were created by him, whether it be angels or governors, marriage or gender, sex or abstinence, singleness or family. All things were created by him, revealing his glory as the creator. All things in the world were created for him, that it might glorify him. That is the reason that everything exists But all people have sinned and fallen short of the glorious purpose for which God created us. Thus, we lament our history when we sing, Long lay the world in sin and error pining. In sin and error, we are perverting marriage, sex, and gender. We are perverting the purpose of government and wealth. Humankind is busy enacting wicked laws and creating wicked ideas in their minds deceiving and being deceived, dishonoring mother and father, and having other gods before the one and only true God. Make no mistake, the point of Colossians 1 15 to 20 is to remind Christians that there is no other God. Long lay the world in sin and air pining, Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. The story of our sin, it breaks forth in the story of a Savior being born to redeem us. It has been said that Christianity is a singing religion, and why shouldn't we sing? Why shouldn't we rejoice? For the Lord Jesus was born among us so that we, his creatures, would be reconciled to our Creator. Not to judge us, he came, but that we might be saved through him. So, not only is Jesus the Lord, he is the Lord of creation. And in verse 18 through 20, he is the Lord of reconciliation. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. To say that Jesus is the head of the body, the church, is not to speak of the magnificence of Calvary or some other local congregation, magnificent as they may be. Rather, it is to speak of the magnificence of Jesus, the one who made salvation possible through his death on the cross to pay for our sins. Friend, you may be very unimpressed with the church because of all of her imperfections. And perhaps you see it correctly. But I want you to know what the church really is. The church is a collection of people who were formerly condemned as sinners along with the rest of the world. But we are now declared to have the righteousness of Christ. And while we are not perfect people, we serve a perfect Savior who calls us to salvation by grace through faith. And then he calls us to increasingly live righteous lives. This is redemption. For His glory and our good and the good of others, we are to live like Christ. How might I illustrate the point? How might I put this in human terms? My friend Guy Rep is sort of a master of restoring old cars. And he sees things in old, rusted out cars that few people can see. And it was around 2004 or so, I, I, I visited his home and I was, I was good friends with his son. And we I walked into the barn that had become a workshop, and I saw pieces hanging up from a car. There was a hood, and and it was rusty, and there was a, a door and a quarter panel. And my friend Greg explained to me, this car is going to look like Eleanor from the movie Gone in 60 Seconds when my dad's done fixing it. And I nodded my head saying, sure, it's going to. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. But he got to work, and over time, it, it, it looked... It ended up looking like, put on the next slide, you can see it. So that picture to the left is not actually my friend's car. The, well, my left. The rusted out one. He bought a car. In his words, it was a piece of junk, a pile of garbage. He all he used was the frame and like two or three parts from the body. Everything else was restored. And when you see the pretty one, that's that's actually his car. He took it out to Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona. They had this thing called the, the Barrett Jackson auto auction and they described themselves as the the world's greatest auction of collector automobiles and say when he brought it out there he wanted to sell it and um he was hoping to get a hundred thousand for it barrett jackson told him you'll probably get sixty thousand. he was actually hoping uh, to sell for 100,000 hundred thousand because the church had that he went to had a balloon loan coming due um, I'm not an expert on balloon loans, my understanding is you make small payments, and at the end there's this big, huge, lump sum, sum that's due. Well, they weren't ready. So he wanted to sell the car and tithe off of what he sold the car for. He was not the pastor, but he wanted to, to do this. So they have it up for auction, and it's, it's going, and there's three people in the audience bidding and two people bidding, bidding by phone. And once it hit $170,000, the guy running the thing comes down and shakes his hand and goes, Brother... You're in the middle of Barrett Jackson magic. And guy said to me, I know it wasn't magic. The thing sold for $220,000. What used to be a pile of trash. Friend, you may look at the church or individual Christians and say, pile of trash. But that's not what Jesus sees. Jesus is the great restorer. He reconciles us to God and then gets to work on restoring the original glory that God had in mind for us when he created the human race. You may not be able to see it when you look at the church or an individual Christian, but God can see in us what no one else sees. And God sees what you and I can and will become when we surrender to Jesus Christ. So God, because he knows what we can be and what we should have been when he created us in the first place, God created a plan to make his vision a reality. And then he set the plan into motion to reclaim and restore us through Jesus Christ. This morning, I want you to understand who the little Lord Jesus is. He is the preexistent one whose coming forth was from of old, he, eternity past. He is the Lamb of God who was slain from before the foundation of the world. Revelation 13.8 He is the Lord of all creation. Without Him was not anything made that was made. John 1.3 And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the Lord and Savior. The one who redeems us and restores us. He is the firstborn from the dead. The first one to be raised from the dead who makes our resurrection possible. A day will come when all who are alive to God through faith in Jesus will be reunited with those who have died in Christ before us. And we'll be enjoying the Lord Jesus forever. And we will enjoy Him forever. And this is because the little Lord Jesus is the Lord of creation. And He is the Lord of creation. Reconciliation. That is why he came in the manger to see the little Lord Jesus. Is to see the fullness of God dwelling in human flesh, dwelling among us. In Him, God the Father is reconciling all things to Himself, bringing them back into willing subjection through the cross. Jesus was born to die—that a death that would pay the ransom for our sins. He rose again from the dead, and He will return to judge the living and the dead. Only He is qualified to do this judgment, and He will. Thus, when the angels proclaimed to the shepherds that Jesus the Messiah was born in the city of David, they also said, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. What is this? The angelic hosts proclaim an offer of peace from the almighty God to the human race who was toxically sinful, who had long lived in sin and error pining, offending the one and only true God who was both holy and powerful. The one, only one that we should seek to please was offering an olive branch in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. This is God's offer to the world and to you and I as individuals. Jesus is the Lord, the Creator, and the Savior. He came to redeem and to restore us. His wisdom in this process is not the wisdom of man. He came as a carpenter rather than a conqueror. He came as a son rather than a scholar. He came as the little Lord Jesus, born to working class poor in the last remnants of a family line of King David, a family whose glory had long been forgotten. He went to the cross rather than to a castle. He will return to judge the living and the dead, and only those who have put their trust in him will be saved from his wrath. What is this like? to be in sin and error pining. Well, that loan that the church was owed was a a balloon loan. And you make small payments and there's this big whopping sum, praise God when he sold the car and tithed, it covered the loan. In this life, you and I suffer for sin because the wages of sin is death. Relationships fall apart, we lose jobs, Friends leave us, people die, dogs die, all these things. We pay a small price, but understand something. At the end of life, there's a balloon loan due. And none of us have the ability to pay it. Only Jesus Christ can pay that debt. And he did that on the cross. And that gift of the forgiveness of sins and the restoration process is something that you can receive by faith. If you hear nothing else, hear this. Jesus is the Lord. He is the Savior before whom you and I are invited to fall on our knees. Have you received the Lord Jesus as Savior? Have you surrendered to the Lord? When I think about this as Christians, I would ask you, if you have put your trust in Jesus for salvation, can you point to evidence in your life that Jesus is your Lord? I'm not talking about sinless perfection. Nobody achieves that. But are there decisions that you make because He's your Lord? Are there things that you avoid because Jesus is Lord? <clears throat> is Lord. Does your mindset about sin and the world does it reflect the fact that Jesus alone is Lord and he alone is the one that we must please? Can you see that in your life? At Christmas time, today, week before Christmas, December 18th, year of our Lord 2022. Put it down. Is today the day that you decided to begin to live as though Jesus is Lord? That's my invitation to the Christian. Finally, as Brad comes to play our song of response, perhaps this morning you've never put your trust in Jesus for salvation, but maybe today you understood who Christmas, the Christmas child is, that he, the Son of God, the creator of the universe came lived a sinless life died in a cross in your place so that you wouldn't have to pay the balloon loan of sin at the end of life but even more than that that in this life you would experience the restoration process that God wants to work this morning if you'd like to call on Jesus as Lord and Savior I invite you make your way to the front help you call on him he will hear you and he will save you You've been listening to Dr. Dan Kitnoya, pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Tilton, Illinois. If you'd like to learn more, visit our website, calvarytilton.com. That's calvarytilton.com. Thank you for listening.